7 trillion cells There's 7 billion humans on earth There's 14 billion hands To do the work of undoing The disconnection which brings us To the now of instant gratification And perpetual Forgetfulness The disease of loneliness is spreading Like an epidemic That leaves a single tree standing Where there was once a forest Hello and welcome to Moonwise, a monthly podcast featuring conversations with women of power. I'm your host, Dorte Sophie Royal, and in this episode, we bring you my conversation with multidimensional artist, activist, healer, and educator, Naima Peniman. Peniman is perhaps best known for her work as part of the internationally acclaimed performance duo, Climbing Poetry. In this episode, we talk about art as a path of survival, evolution, and healing. We discuss overcoming shyness to find a voice and purpose, honoring ancestors, and the courage to challenge dominant stories in our society. We also talk about the difference between calling in versus calling out in movement culture. And Naima shares her thoughts on where creative passion and activism intersect for the greater good. Before we begin, I want to send a huge thank you to our community as this episode marks the two-year anniversary of the Moonwise podcast. I'm truly in awe of how far we've come. In honor of this milestone, I created a special guide, How to Make Your Own Moonwater, over on the moontent.co website. Moonwater is an elixir that is simple to make but powerful in capturing the essence and energy of the full moon. It's a wonderful way to connect to nature's cycles and honor the rhythms in your own body. The guide is free for you when you sign up at moontent.co slash newsletter. And for those already on the newsletter, your copy will be sent to you via email soon. Okay, on with our show. Naima Peniman is a multidimensional artist, activist, healer, farmer, and educator committed to social, environmental, racial, and gender justice. She is the co-founder of Wild Seed, a black and brown-led, feminine-centered, queer-loving, earth-based intentional community and healing sanctuary focused on transformative justice and intergenerational responsibility. She is the co-founder and co-artistic director with Alixa Garcia of Climbing Poetry, an internationally acclaimed performance duo that uses art as a tool for popular education, community activism, and personal transformation. Peniman is also a member of a collective of Black women-identified healers called Harriet's Apothecary and a co-facilitator of the Black and Latinx Farmers Immersion Program at Soul Fire Farm, where she is also a board member. Hello, Naima. Thank you so much for joining me on this show today. Honored to be here and honored to be of service to our vision, which is connected to so much, so much of our collective dreaming. Well, as a woman who has struggled with sharing my own voice, and I know many of our listeners and people in the world encounter that struggle themselves, 
I've been deeply inspired by the powerful and almost warrior way in which your words and messages come across on stage and in a live performance. And I'm thinking in particular about your performance of the song, If I Told You What I Know, which is something that um, our listeners can look up on YouTube and see the power in that in that performance. But I'm really curious about... Um, the spirit, like the, the, the strong spirit that I feel is coming with you on stage, if I can put it that way. And I'm, it, it makes me really curious about like, who do you feel that is walking with you when you get up to, to open that, that channel or that voice to share with the people? Mm, Thank you for that beautiful and profound question. It resonates a lot because I certainly feel like we are accompanied by so many different people and spirits and energies when we step on the stage. And to tell you the truth, I used to be so shy and timid with my voice. Believe it or not, as a, as a child, you know, it really took me a long time to find it. And it wasn't until I was able to really find the purpose in using my voice as a way to speak to the stories that I felt were so important and relevant for our collective survival that I realized that I had this mighty roaring warrior voice in there. And I feel like it is a gift that I, I credit to um, so many courageous voices that have come before me. And um, I will say like, I was, I was raised in a movement home. Like both my parents were, community organizers. My father was a war resistor, peace activist, anti-racist organizer, environmentalist. And my mother was really deep in the civil rights movement, um, trained with Dr. King um, himself and part of Freedom Summer and part of SNCC and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference projects. So I think it was a lot from being born inside of a culture of like, just wide awakeness to the injustices of the world that let me know from a very young age that there was work to be done. Um, and being able to use my voice towards that, um, I recognize is, is a powerful privilege that I don't take for granted. I was blessed to be steeped with the black arts movement poets of my mother's generation, like Amiri Baraka and Sonia Sanchez, Nikki Giovanni, um, Marvin X, my own godmother, Mae Jackson, um, Audrey Lord. I feel like their voices give me courage. Um, also, the descendant of um, Haitian revolutionaries that were also very um, courageous and daring in their warrior spirits. And I present them and call on them a lot before a performance um, to my great, great, great grandmother. Mary Boyd and Susie Boyd, who escaped slavery um, and had to overcome unthinkable fear in the face of that. And that's what gives me like courage to step up. I also um, present so many of like my comrades, my co-conspirators and the movement that I work with offstage and feel their energy with me and the work that ha- happens on stage. I feel like is a, is a connection of it, not separate from it. Um, and so many people who's, who I'm so blessed have shared their stories with me, their stories of 
survival, their stories of hope for a new world. Um, and then with, like, I call on nature. We build altars a lot of times on stage or backstage if we can't on stage and really call in the elemental forces. I, I call on Oya, the goddess of transformation, to fortify me and my work as a transformer and to try to create new possibilities, new openings through the words that I speak. Thank you. Well, that makes a lot of sense because it's definitely felt whether it's a live performance or in the recordings or in a video. I mean, when our listeners go check it out and you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and, and one thing that the way in which youth are reframing stories that many of us thought we knew, or at least challenging the the mainstream narrative and doing it in a way that opens the heart and stirs the soul so that our minds don't get all twisted up and resistant to, Hey, there might be another truth. There might be another way to see this reality that we're living in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's what makes art so powerful and storytelling so meaningful right now is because it's so important that we're able to expand our awareness to the multiplicity of realities that that coexist and are affected by each other, you know, we're part of this intrinsic, inescapable way. I feel like when we're born into a certain paradigm and exposed to the dominant narratives that consume so much of what our imaginations take in, whether that's through the media the advertisements that are projected towards us, the things we learn in school, it really shapes our understanding of the world around us, even of ourselves, you know? And so being able to change that frame to expand our sense of what's real, what's possible, what's real for other people is so important um, if we're going to actually be able to approach the deep, deep metamorphosis that's needed right now for our survival. And I feel like through storytelling, through creativity, we're able to start to break those down in a way that is less threatening than when we come to it as a debate, even a, even a friendly conversation. I feel like our minds really want to seize with what we know. Um, and we can get stuck in a battle of ego as opposed to an opportunity to open our hearts and to resonate with one another, to be able to try on a new possibility. Um, and I feel that I feel that that work is imperative right now, and I wish every poem to be a portal of new possibility for us to be able to imagine something different than what we have experienced, what we already knew, and to make room for um, the variety of lived experiences that are happening simultaneously in our world to increase empathy um, for one another, so that we're not just bombarded with statistics that daunt us, but really feeling a sense of connection with, um, with both the immense suffering that's at hand and the, the exploitation that the current world that we live in, the privileges that we've been afforded are, are prerequisite, you know, that rely on that type of oppression, um, to be, to be moved, to break out of it, to be able to, um, yeah, create, something new, which I think we um, are in a time where there has been some collective awakening that something needs to change. 
And yet I still sense that there's a lot of fear of change. So may, may our stories, may our creativity, may our conversations um, be, be sites of courage. Um, may they be sites of courage where we can um, grapple with what's real and stay open to be able to metabolize grief and to be able to really see ourselves as part of a possibility um, to create something new. If I told you what I know, you would not believe me. So I will tell you what I do not know. I do not know how bad it will get before things get better. How many more we will lose to drought and flood, fire and famine, to mass incarceration, mass extinction, to hate crime and domestic violence, to the police, to TV and toxic food. How many more we will lose to pollution of our waterways and airwaves and bloodstreams, our livers and rivers and oceans and imaginations? How many to the war on terror and drugs and crips and bloods and thugs and babies and gays and immigrants and indigenous peoples and differently abled and madly genius and schizophrenically gifted and the war on thinking and the war on love? How many more we will lose to the lust for enough money to bribe God to turn the other way? If I told you what I know, love is stronger than hate. And truth is more enduring than any form that lies can take. If you are not willing to change, I know nothing will change. Life is teetering on the precipice of our willingness to let go of what is killing us and the earth's forgiveness for what we have spoiled. Regeneration is the natural order of existence. Destiny will give birth to itself, respiraling the cycle of the universe's chest rising with each breath. Will we be there to exhale? I just want to thank you for your patience and generosity also in to get really real right now, like to go into predominantly white spaces and to share some truth and to be open to a dialogue, a communication to say, hey, there are other things happening that 
the mainstream may not be aware of and um and not not everyone can do that not everyone has the fortitude to walk into those kind of spaces so thank you for that (laughs) you're welcome and I've had the honor of being in women's circle with you and what everything that you're saying, I experienced that, that you are embodying in the sense that you, and I'm sure Alexa as well are like truly free thinkers. And I've witnessed like so much like self love, like just by like watching how you move and operate. Like I remember, um, you like making art with your hands, like throughout this women's circle and just like letting everyone know, like, Hey, this is something that I do throughout the day and it helps me be present and it helps me listen to everyone. So just be aware that like, if I'm drawing while you're talking, it doesn't mean that I'm not listening. It just means this is who I am. That blew my mind. (laughs) That was incredible to witness. Yeah. So many prerequisites for survival that I have learned and I hope that we are taking the time to to be aware of what's needed um, for us to be our whole selves and to stay sane and available like available in our hearts to the work that needs to be done Um, so because of the lifestyle that I have created for myself which involves a lot of confrontation or some of the most like dismal complex and devastating aspects of what we're up against like just really being inside of some of the most pressing issues of our time and um with the work and not so much the on-stage work it's one thing to tell the stories it's another thing to like really be in it to be you know accountable to and collaborating inside of frontline communities that are bearing the brunt of really intense violence right now, you know, and for that reason, I'm so serious about the ways that I replenish myself and the practices that, you know, keep me really connected to my heart and not disassociating um, from pain. And so it could look like, yeah, staying creative, um, drawing in a group circle, moving my body. I need to move my body so much. I need to return to the earth as much as possible. I need to touch the soil. I need to submerge in water. Um, and, and I need to furiously dance and stomp things out, you know? So I just, I really learned over the years, like what are the things that allow me to stay alive and connected, um, to this, to this vast world that I belong to and feel like, you know, bigger than myself to feel like I'm um, totally in touch with myself and connected to, to all, all my relations. And it's so important for me to, to stay, you know, to stay awake and to not shut down, not burn out. And I believe each of us is so valuable. We say in our poem that we were born right now for a reason. And I truly believe that each and every one of us who is alive right now is here with a specific and sacred assignment um, to contribute to changing the story that we're walking into and we need to care for ourselves knowing that that is true, that we have a unique, unmatchable gift um, that's ready to come forward and that nobody else can offer it but ourselves. And we need all of us if we're going to turn this around. I'm glad you have all those practices because you both are so busy 
not only with performance, as you said, but, but living and working with communities. You have developed an arts-based curriculum for schools. You mentioned you have a farm and a healing collective. There's so much going on. And what of that work are you really feeling called to at the moment? Or what would you like our listeners to know about that, that grassroots work you're doing? Thank you for asking. Yeah, I light up sharing about it because I feel like um, we need so many examples of like how to devote our energy into um, solutionary work, as we like to say, um, to not just become really great analysts of the problems that we're up, we're up against, but also to feel like part of something that um, could hopefully make a difference. And I do believe that a lot of small actions translocally um, can bring about a huge shift. Um, so in addition to the work that Alix and I do on stage together, we both deeply devoted to a lot of community-based projects. And for me, what I'm most lit up and inspired by right now is, is really in connection to land and building community in relationship to land um, as a source of safety and sustenance um, for our people in a time of great unnatural disaster and as uh, places of healing, of movement building, of community organizing. Um, so I've been devoted to two different projects. Um, the most recent, we just celebrated our three-year birthday is Wild Seed Community Farm and Healing Village. Wild Seed, like our wildest imaginations um, and the potency of life wrapped up inside of each one of us. And Wild Seed is, um, is an intentional community in upstate New York. It's two hours north of Brooklyn, where I spend part of my time. And we're a collective of Black, Brown, and Indigenous folks who are stewarding 180 acres of land and water um, as a place for um, growing medicine, herbs, mushrooms, growing food, um, doing trainings, really skilling up on our survival skills, um, hosting rituals and celebrations and cultural events, um, and yeah, hosting a lot of different folks in our movement and creating sanctuary for folks who've been traditionally marginalized from land. Um, and that's one project. And then Soul Fire Farm is a farm that my sister and her family started that's 10 years old that I've been involved in in varying degrees since it started. But more and more, like now I've been part of the facilitation team for five years for an immersion program that we have called um, BIPOC Fire. Fire is farming in relationship to the earth. And it's a program for Black, Indigenous, people of color who are um, interested in becoming farmers and food justice activists. And it's such a magical space um, to be part of that. And Soul Fire is really like um, helping to support a movement to end racism in the food system and to support us and us all in like reclaiming our right to belong to the earth and to learn from her deep wisdom. I feel like we need guidance and teachings right now and the earth has so many answers. So it's powerful to have the opportunity to be um, in deep intimacy with her rhythms and witness the relationships that happen within nature and to learn what we have to learn about 
how we can replicate that in our own communities. I'm also part of a Black Woman Healers Collective called Harriet's Apothecary that I'll just mention in case some of the listeners want to check that out. I know mm-hmm. um, this podcast is focused a lot around healing, and I feel like Harriet's Apothecary is a really great model for how we can really empower the healer within all of us and support, not just in self-care, but in like community care, collective care, how we can transform trauma into possibilities for like greater resilience amongst us, because um, it is definitely a time for healing. And speaking of healing, what right now is the message that you most want to convey to your audiences, you know, if if you're performing in the next year or so, I mean, we're all going through so much turmoil. What is it that you feel you're trying to remind people of or bring out? I feel it is a time for reconnection where we have been dismembered or not remembering our connection are many connections, both to ourselves in some cases, to the people around us, like my own neighbors in my own building that I don't know, um, our disconnection from earth, our disconnection from our sense of purpose. I feel like it is such an important time to be dismantling the walls that we have control over, um, to be able to feel sentient, to the sacred web that we belong to. I believe that we take care of what we love and it's time that we fall back in love with life, with creation, with every being that is part of creation, which is all of us. Like we're all part of this intricate web. And my prayer and hope is that we find ways to do just that, to fall back in love and to fall back into responsibility. Mm-hmm. And the peace around responsibility, our ability to respond, our willingness to be accountable for for our role in the world, I feel like is of supreme importance, like really noticing how much we um, think of or don't think of water. It's time we cherish water, (laughs) one example of many, or um, being present to the privileges that we have that are at the expense of somebody else's oppression. So it's time to really reckon with that because it's not going to just happen. I feel like there's ways that we really need to relinquish um, control over maybe what we thought was ours that we've gotten really comfortable with, but that it's time to let go of for um a sense of belonging that is so much more profound than the belongings that that we claim on a material sense. Mm-hmm. And while I speak of accountability, I also want to share that it's an important moment that we also get beyond um, the vicious and punitive make no mistakes type of mentality that I feel like can sometimes come with a sense of righteousness and like the need for everybody to be accountable. And I speak to that because I see a trend in our movement spaces, especially now that we have so much like online activism when people are hiding behind their tablets and phones and screens. And it becomes so much about like what we're saying and less about what we're doing. Um, that the call out culture um, has become really destructive in ways that I feel like um, 
destroys so many of the people who are ready to step step up into being change makers um, that creates a field of intimidation and scrutiny as opposed to invitation um, and possibilities for transformation, like how we can call each other in to new possibilities and ways of being. So that's the other point that I want to make. How do we create a culture of calling each other in um, to our shared responsibility um, to widening awareness where there's room to be in the messy process of growth um, with one another where no one is disposable. Um, and the last thing I want to say, and it's connected to how I began about falling in love again, I think it's important that we really get in touch with what we love to do um, because I think that the gift that we each have to give towards the transformation that's needed is also derived from a deep sense of longing and joy of what it is that we're here to do. Um, so getting in touch with that creative energy, like what lights us up um, to be engaged in, like what's meaningful to us. So it's less about scanning from outside, like what most needs to be done, but it's like, no, 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 where, where is that passion for you? Um, and what is it that you most care about? And um, in a world where there's so many problems to, be, to, to deal with, um, and also we have access to so much information of all the problems worldwide, you know, I think it can become overwhelming. Like, how do we solve it all? And so just to really get back in touch with who and what am I accountable to and what am I in love with and what fuels me? Um, I just like want to encourage us to really be in that place that I think will support us being sustained and alive um, inside of the very unique contributions that we have in this time. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that wisdom and the reframe of the call out culture versus the calling into dialogue, whether it's, it's messy, it's painful, it's difficult, but it's, it's the healing process instead of just holding people at arm's length or kind of disregarding altogether. Cause as you said, it's, it takes all of us together to uplift this situation, to change it. So thank you for that. Yeah. And I know it's like, and it's not to say we shouldn't be like rigorous with ourselves and each other. I, I feel like it is an important time that we're willing to grow our awareness and our humility for sure. Um, and at the same time, I think we can get so stuck on, um, you know, what we call microaggressions or things that rub us the wrong way that we can lose focus from the larger picture. I'm like, Oh my goodness, y'all, there's, Massive train is coming at us a thousand miles per hour. We standing here squabbling in the tracks. Like we got to get it together. Um, so I just hope that what connects us is stronger than what divides us. Cause we've seen again and again and again, how much that conquer and divide culture has destroyed our movements. How much COINTELPRO has, you know, really hindered what was possible during the civil, civil rights movement. And now it's so much more advanced. It's like we have 
surveillance, like consensual surveillance, like all the time with all the media that we use and, you know, tracking devices carried in our back pockets all the time. It's like, and not to mention the own insidious ways that we can, you know, shame and blame each other and like, and, and drag and tear each other down. And so I just, um, you know, that's, that's one of my greatest fears. And it's everything that we're up against. I'm like, okay, I'm scared of the cops. I'm scared of drones. And I'm also really scared of that pattern that I see burning so quickly, what takes so long to create within us and between us. And so I just pray that we like cherish and protect um, and uplift one another so that we can all grow together um, and grow resilient in this time because we belong to each other and we need, we need each other. Um, yeah. Now more than ever. Is there anything else you'd like to add in before we wrap up? I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Dorothy, so much for creating this space, for listening and sharing. And thank you to the listeners for listening and for all the healing work that you are up to in your own ways. And I'm really grateful to my partner in rhyme, Alixa Garcia, and to all my collaborators and all my mentors, all those who came before me and to the creator for allowing me this opportunity to be alive. Very grateful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find Naima's work at climbingpoetry.com and at Naima Infinity on Instagram. If you find value in our episodes and in this community, please consider supporting at patreon.com slash moonwise. You can hear this month's lunar forecast and other episodes on moontent.co or subscribe to the Moonwise podcast on iTunes. And if you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes and leave a review. The songs in this episode are Echoes of Starlight, If I Told You What I Know, and This Is the Moment, all by Climbing Poetry. Let this be the best day of your life, because it is the one you are living. Let this moment be a gift, because it's what you've been given. Live as if this were the end. It's just the beginning. Close your eyes, open wide. What is your vision? This is the moment when we gather up our fallen angels and build a temple invincible. We've been hibernating below the surface of the world, growing roots, dreaming of sun, thirsting for rain. We sprout, crack concrete, overcome the bullets and toxic exhale of a machine built to kill. We rise like sunshine. The shadows are memory of the struggle it took to lift our heads above drowning. We breathe. Exhale the sky full of stars, pregnant with moon. Trace the constellations in the shape of our revelation for tomorrow. Tomorrow has no name, but we are calling
This tomorrow is not the same as yesterday, but she is as ancient as the world. Runaway child, there is no place 